Hey, welcome to The Curiosity. My name is Rachel. I will be your host. I'm glad you've joined us. Let's get going. Hey, guys. So, really quick before we get to this episode with Rosie. Some technical difficulties are to be expected, and I'm experiencing them. Um, I'm using a microphone, or like a headset, rather. And it can be difficult to figure out if people can actually hear me. And when I re-listen to some episodes that I've recorded, I notice my microphone is like way far down by my chin and it doesn't work so well. And you can't hear me when I play back. So that happened with this episode with Rosie. So bear with me. You might need to like turn up and down your volume. You can really clearly hear Rosie, but not so much me. Um, and it'll be kind of in the next few episodes too. I'm noticing this as I'm listening back to just everything I recorded. Uh, so that's all I wanted to say is I recognize that it happened and it's a bummer and it can be a little frustrating and you can still hear me, but just not as well as I'd like. So that's all I wanted to mention. Enjoy this episode. Yeah. Phlegm has been. The theme. Yeah. For in me. my life. A ton. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like a, it's a familial thing. Yeah. And I learned in um, Chinese medicine school mm-hmm. what it was and like how to tend to it. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And like how sometimes like the emotions or spirits come into play with phlegm and it can mm-hmm. be food, you know, like dairy and, and such. And um, sometimes it's just some stagnation you've got. Yeah, I would be interested in learning eventually what you learned it was, because this one has been around for like, I mean, I had a cold like a couple weeks ago, so maybe it's the end of the cold and stuff, and Mm. I, sometimes I view, you know, um, colds and sicknesses as upgrades. It's our our body Mm. trying to also cleanse itself, but also upgrade, um, its frequency and that's what I've experienced it's not always necessary to get sick you know to upgrade but sometimes when um we just have a lot going on and sometimes we're not always in tune you know and that's it's a natural thing to not always be in tune because we have to live life you know um then our bodies are like okay this is a natural way for you to slow down um stop you know, um, and so you can take care of what you just said, that stagnation mm-hmm. um, that might be manifesting in the physical um, for you. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure everything that this one's about, but <laughs> I'm sure there's something behind it that I'm personally working through too. But yeah, I would love to hear what um, you've learned in your study of Chinese medicine. Yeah, well, I that what you just described has been like that's the unfolding of every westerner i feel mm-hmm. like once you start mm-hmm. to unfold is mm-hmm. like i remember it was a battle like always a battle like if something didn't feel it was expectation if something mm-hmm. didn't feel the way i was taught it should feel or the way i wanted it to feel mm-hmm. i was mad yeah and it was like well this has to stop mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and what i hear you saying is like where is what what 
what can we possibly learn from this? You mm -hmm. know, and maybe the discomfort is like you mentioned, like an upgrade or you're moving through something, you're passing through this portal. Yes. Yeah. So the, the phlegm is like, um, oh man, it can be like, but we won't spend too much time on this, but just a little snippet. Yes. Um, it's damp. So, you know, we have elements that we talk about in Chinese medicine, like wind, mm -hmm. damp, um, all of these things. Mm -hmm. um, and if we have too much of the damp, like our, our internal system can be like a bog mm -hmm. um, where it, you know, it's not like fresh water isn't flowing anymore. There's an oxygen, there's an anything living and mm -hmm. it's gotten to the point of like rotting, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so damp is like this, this fluid mm -hmm. and, or these, the stuff that mm -hmm. you otherwise don't want there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it can be like an emotional, spiritual connection. Clearly there's a physical component, but it can be that like, you know, stuck, stuck, uh, stuck what am I pointing at? The chest. Works through. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. you know, depending on who you are, like we know some foods can really add to it, like dairy and like lactose and yes. alcohol, you know, can make you damp and like processed foods and sugars. So knowing that I am prone to that and it's part of like my lineage and my mm -hmm. bloodline, especially with like a few yeah the lines um yeah like in school a million things happen and one of them was i don't know if if um processed foods are my friend anymore <laughs> Me specifically mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah that that's good and mm -hmm. i i agree with with you and and what you're saying and i usually eat like mostly fish and carbs <laughs> i love carbs mm -hmm. um and you know i allowed myself to eat some meat and some dairy and actually my body needed it you know yes i felt i needed that um the probably calcium and the iron and the meat that i ate um and you know so but also it probably contributed to this phlegm as well yeah. and you know, I think that's what we, it's sort of like finding a, a happy balance in, in our diet Absolutely. because sometimes we, um, it's like the relationship between expansion and contraction to give birth, you know? Um, we move backwards a little bit just so we can move forward, you know? And so there's maybe a place that I needed to go or activate with some cheese you know, um, yes. cellular memory, you know, that needed to come up that my body was craving for. There was this girl uh, that I like to listen to and she was talking about um, ancestral connections and how sometimes um, you're, you might've had some ancestors that love to eat crawfish, mm -hmm. but for some reason right now your diet is like no crawfish or something, but it's mm -hmm. important to listen to that, mm -hmm. you know, cellular memory, that generational memory because you, as you are healing yourself, you're healing your lineage, right. you know, and then your lineage will speak through your body and through some cravings that you have mm -hmm. at certain times. And at times it could be, okay, I need to discipline myself more and eat vegan, or it could be, let me eat this. And it might activate just a little discomfort, but maybe there's something that is there for me to work through, you know? Um, and so it's, it's, it is exactly what you're saying is, not being scared of the discomfort, you know, um, that we made. It's not going to 
commit suicide, of course, and eating something that you're allergic to or, you know, but it's, it's like, okay, I know this might not be the best thing, but there's something in me that is speaking to me here. And I want to explore this a little bit more. And I give myself a limit, like I gave myself a, a limit um, to eat this meat for like three days. I didn't follow the limit, of course, because I got addicted. And I went and ate a burger, and then I got brain fogged and was late to a meeting. And so Spirit was like, yeah, it's done. Your time is done. <laughs> it was like, no, yeah, those three days have passed. What you still doing, girl? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so it's that healthy you know, structure that, that we can create for ourselves to be able to explore those different areas of ourselves that we need to go into so that we can upgrade ourselves to find more balance in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like tapping into the intuition. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I feel like it's, that's such a piece that's lost in our culture is we stop listening. Like the authority is not within anymore. The, the authority is out. What, what do you say I yeah. should be eating? What mm -hmm. are you guys doing? And that can be helpful as you learn to trust yourself. Like I remember going on that road yeah. a few years ago of like, what do, not just with food, but like, what the fuck do I want to do? Right, 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 right. right? Like, yeah. Let's stop yeah. listening, like honor and, and there's value in other people's words. Mm -hmm. And just like you mentioned, sometimes I need three days to eat meat and sometimes I need to get off of it. Mm -hmm. Some days I need seasons of what is everybody else doing? Right. What are the new things out there? What are the old things out there? And then sometimes I just need to shut it all off. Yes. And yeah. like listen to myself. Yes. Yes. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. You're right. And and that is being in tune with your inner cycle. You know. Um. And some people they might start with astrology or some other methods that will help them start to really begin to develop that inner awareness. You know. Um. And that's what you know, I call like, there's the, 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 it, it is a feminine aspect the inner awareness. Yeah. Um, it's source. Um, and it's, it's what is the negative, you know, um, but it's not negative. It's, it's positive actually. Um, yeah, not negative in the way we tend to think that of it. we think of yeah, it. It's not, it's, actually, it's not bad, you know? Um, and then, you know, so that's, that's going into the infinite, you know, um, to bring into the finite, um, when the finite is, is, is the physical and it is what we see outside of us, you know, but we have, we have sort of been chained down and anchored so down into the finite that we have been so focused on what is outside of us and letting, it's basically giving the, our power away, uh, essentially. And what is supposed to happen is that we go into the infinite you know, and we, we look, you know, within and, and we, we pull from source what is to create and we bring back into the electric, into the fire, into the finite, you know, and that is what we manifest on the outside. And then, you know, as we're transitioning right now, I, I call this point that we are right now in the world, a transition point. You know, so as we are transitioning, we all need to be on this journey um, because now we are trying to figure out what is in the world that needs to change, you know, and we have the answers within, 
Um, but because we are in a finite world, when we activate that inner awareness, we now give permission to our finite world to also speak to us, you know? And so we can, it'll respond to the questions that we're asking within and it'll reflect back to us what we need to change. And then we can bring it back and do the work. And then that's the relationship. It's the hologram. Um, and even if you are not aware, your finite world is speaking to you. But the hard part about not being aware is then you're going to repeat the same cycles and keep your finite world and the consequences will become bigger. You know, um, it, it, you don't want it to take an accident for you to know how to slow down. And like our, our, our world is, is experiencing um, health, you know, where we are looking at health, especially and being forced to slow down through the realms of health you know, um, so that we don't, we can evolve as a world and we don't have to repeat the same system that is self-destructive. Um, so yeah, that's, that's huge. <laughs> so there's a lot of things in there that I think we'll, we'll continue to riff on. Mm -hmm. um, I think now was a great time to introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Okay. I, um, I have a, you know, like we talked about before, I have a list of questions and like a lot of things I want to ask you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's a great place to just start with. Yeah. Yeah. Rose? Who's Rosie? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I go by Rose Spirit Bay um, and I love to be called a Rosie. And I, you know, am a beautiful woman of color, um, born in the island of Haiti, um, came here with um, Haitian um, immigrants and was raised here in St. Paul, Minnesota, um, up till my teenage years. And then I moved out to St. Paul Park and I have a beautiful son um, and I'm a I've been divorced recently um, and I'm somebody that has been on a journey of transformation in my life um, and I you know you probably will have me share a little bit more of my story um, but through my own journey of transformation I created um, Transformative Rose um, which was you know, a cauldron really, a space for me to experience my own transformation through the realms of helping others ignite transformation in their own lives. And those, the three things that I focused on at first, now it's more two, um, was soul awareness, bringing soul awareness into business. And then the second thing was spiritual transformation, helping those um, become alignment into their spiritual path. And the third thing was holistic racial equity. Now through my own journey, I've narrowed it down sort of to two, but really it's one um, essentially when you come down to it and it's really the soul transformation, which I just integrate both of those elements, the spiritual and the racial equity element um, into um, the transformation of the soul um, because I realized that 
what has happened in our systems is that there has been a loss of the soul. You know, we sort of give away our authenticity, sort of what we talk about, our leadership, our ability to go within and be connected with source and know who we truly are. We sort of give it away and we look at programs, you know, and then we implement those programs within ourselves. Um, and so in a way we just become clones of society, everyone just repeating the same thing. Um, and so soul transformation is being able to go back within um, and, and get in touch with the soul and listen to the heart and, and say, what is true for me? And then to create that on the outside. Where to start? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm referring to my notes here. And yeah, you've touched on a lot of things. And I'm like, where do we, where do we go? Where do we dive deeper with all of that? Um, so yeah, what I have recognized with your website and your presence on social media, and then just speaking with you these past few weeks is that like um, all businesses, you go through a transformation and what you start mm -hmm. out doing isn't necessarily and usually not what you end up doing in the present mm -hmm. moment and mm -hmm. or it shifted a little bit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um what i would love for you to touch on uh in the beginning here is um i love for you to tell us a little bit more about your story mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um growing up on your website you say you were the haitian black immigrant american girl Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. yeah like that's a mouthful yeah it's an identity right. crisis <laughs> yeah and you grew up in a strict religious family mm -hmm. um your parents were refugees are refugees yeah we're, mm -hmm, we're mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh take us on that story yeah, for sure. So I don't know all of the background of, you know, the refugee story, but I, I do remember coming here as a young um, Haitian immigrant girl um, with my family um, and having to navigate from the age of four, early fours that came on the edge of four, um, being a young Haitian girl with very strict Haitian traditional um, principles that were in being implemented on me um, and having to also grow up in an American society. Um, and just not ever feeling like, sort of like, was it a, a round peg in a square hole or a square peg in a round, just never feeling like I fit, you know? Um, and then just some trauma that I experienced within the family also adding to that um, inner crisis that I was experiencing, wanting to feel like I was loved, you know, or like I was worthy. And I, I never, I felt like I hadn't, I didn't feel that from a young age. Um, and in, that's the truth for a lot of us. We most of the trauma that we are experiencing on the outside, outside of us started in our family. It started from a young age. Um, and then the world uh, reflects that same trauma in, on different faces and in different spaces to us. Um, but so that's, you know, so that's the journey I was on. And so I, you know, I didn't completely fit in, you know, this um, in my Haitian family. 
I didn't completely fit in in the American family. I didn't completely fit in in even the African-American family that I, I grew up with, with my African-American sisters as well. And so I, I just didn't know who I was, you know? Um, and my journey was, you know, I started to really look into who I was first as a Haitian woman, because my, I didn't really receive that education. We got a lot of, you know, some of the values, um, but, and we grew up in the Haitian Christian Fellowship, which is, was the first Haitian church that my father started here in the Twin Cities. Um, and that really grounded us, but I didn't know my history. I didn't know where I, like, I didn't know about myself, you know? Um, and so I started a journey where I started to learn more about Haitian history and what that meant. And I started to take pride in myself. And I also saw the, what Haiti meant to the world, you know, um, to the world, Haiti meant freedom you know, um, where Haiti was able to challenge its oppressors and say, no, this is not okay to exist this way. This is not all right. It meant freedom for black people as a whole. And it, that healed my relationship with my blackness, you know, because I was like, whoa, we were the catalyst for everybody, you know, and it made me see like, you know, that this is family. We are all family. And then for the world, you know, Haiti meant, that, you know, I freeing you by telling you no as my oppressor. I'm saying that you can no longer play this role for me, you know? And so when I say no, you become free too, you know? Um, and it doesn't mean that the person might not fight back, you know, but that's natural, but there was a fight and, and we won, but it essentially freed the world. Um, and that's the same thing we're dealing with right now in many different facets is many of us needing to find what are those oppressors, you know, and saying no. So these systems, these cycles no longer have to repeat. Um, and so that was, you know, sort of my journey. Um, but so at that stage, so that was around high school, I started to really discover myself more. And then, but I also, to prove myself, because I had a, I, I, I had lack, I had the, the spirit of lack within me regarding love. Um, so I, I drew into this concept of exceptionalism, needing to be the exceptional Black girl and read from the external, because I didn't know how to go into the internal of what did it mean to be exceptional in this society. And so I based my identity on what everybody else told me and what I was, what I was reading from the data, the social data was, you need to speak eloquently. Your beauty is rewarded, being beautiful, um, be perfect. Um, what else? you know, be charismatic. And, and it's not that these are bad things, but we are in the inversion of them, you know, where yeah. we have lost ourselves to these concepts. And so I strove to be, uh, be excellent, to be smart, be all of this. And yet I would go to church and be that girl. I was that perfect church girl and, um, 
you know, my, my, my uh, culture, my society, the, the community saw me as someone that would probably be this next senator, you know, like I'd be the thing and everybody just really believed in me. And I would still go home and cry at night, you know, because it didn't satisfy, yeah. you know? And the biggest cataclysm in my life hit in 2012 and it was marked I remember um, by my grandfather's death anniversary I didn't even get to you know I'm not going to go into some of the trauma I experienced in my family but I didn't go to his funeral um and his second that was the um, second year anniversary of his death. And there was a tree outside my window and I was speaking to my former husband, recently divorced. Um, and it was raining and thundering outside. And there was a huge crack, just loud bang. And the next morning, and I remember, um, I think that night I read, I was, you know, I was reading the Bible and it was a verse that came up and said, the Lord does not give you the spirit of fear but the spirit of understanding or something like that. The spirit of freedom or I have to look it up. The Lord does not give you the spirit of fear, which has always been sort of my transition when I'm the next initiation in life, that's my initiation verse, like, don't be scared. <laughs> the Lord does not give me the spirit of fear, but that's of a sound mind, I think. Okay. Okay, for God does not give us a spirit of fear, but the, but us, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline, okay, and so I was reading the verse, and I was speaking to my, my former husband of nine years, um, for some of the first moments, and this crack happens, um, while it's raining and thundering, and this is on the second year anniversary of my grandfather's death, and we, I wake up the next morning and go outside and the tree that's outside my window has been completely split in half. Wow. An even clean split. Mm. <clears throat> and so I knew like inside of me, I, I felt there was something happening. Um, and I went on top of the stump because um, the, the people, the, uh, I don't know what they call them, but the city people came and helped us cut it down mm-hmm. and stuff. The and I went, up, yeah, the tree removal people. <laughs> and, um, and I went in and did a, this yoga pose. I just listened to myself within, I didn't even have any training or anything. And I sat there and did this yoga pose. And through a series of events, I ended up leaving my home abruptly just feeling like I needed to leave and I was following birds all of a sudden like um they were black birds I don't know the ravens what do we call them here are black birds I was crows crows. I was following crows crows just following crows 
and I packed up all my stuff. There was a huge family drama. It was regarding my former husband. Like it was a hot moment. Just spirit was at work, like all the way, you know? And I went, I believe what happened is I went into the underworld. Mm. I went into the underworld with my husband and I actually went and actually physically went to live with him and his aunt in her basement, <laughs> which was the underworld. <laughs> For sure. And um, that is when I started to begin my spiritual training. You know, I had, I already had half of it in the, the foundation in the Christian understanding and the trauma I received that, that was spiritual training too, even though I wasn't aware of it. And I began my spiritual training to learn the ways of my ancestors with my former husband and he introduced me to Vodun, you know, and so I, I'm coming from being this perfect Christian. Say that again, Vodun. Voodoo, voodoo, uh, voodoo. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna want to hear more about that. Yeah. yeah. So he introduced me to what we voodoo is the fa word for what voodoo is um, the American um, distortion um, of it because Americans were so scared of Haitians um, after the revolution because we used our spirituality to free us. And so they wanted to demonize it to the greatest extent. And so they created movies and voodoo and everyone's scared. And they even went into the country with um, their, their agendas and pastors to Christianize everybody. Um, and they cut down our ancestral trees, but they had us do it because we believed we were so bad and evil. Um, and it's not to say that Vodun isn't, it can be pretty bad. It can be pretty evil, just like Christianity has killed many people around the world. I think it is the intention of the person that makes something what it is, you know. But I went into that with, with my former husband, starting to learn my ancestral practices. And I, and from there, you know, I, we, we, I began to experience, you know, my ancestral power, but what actually started to happen is I began to experience what we should call my ancestral traumas, my ancestral demons. That's, that's what trauma is. It's a demon, you know? Um, and so I was thrown at, at me, I literally died because I was different people in, in my life at that time began to throw spells at me and I never knew how to deal with this kind of stuff. They began to like throw these different things at me. Like I lost my voice. I started to lose my beauty. I could not talk. I was so traumatized. I, I was dying, you know? But what was happening is a very hard part of initiation where to heal, like we just said, you must look at the trauma. You must sometimes go into the discomfort 
And this, for some reason, my soul had signed up to help transmute my ancestral demons, you know, into a different form, into the light. We can say the light, you know, that's controversial, but you know, but to transmute them into gold, let's say that, you know, to take lead and to turn it into gold because our demons are actually angels and our angels can actually be demons if we over, you know, if we are over light, you are blind, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, this perfect girl that people saw so much potential that I was their hero became the devil. You know, people hated me for leaving my family. That was against the tradition. You know, people were angry at me and saw me as the prodigal son that ran away. And I, I went against the values and principles of my system, my, my, um, my people, you know, and I paid the consequences. They threw their demons at me, you know, and, you know, and I literally had it all. And so I spent nine years working through these things. And, and, and it wasn't that it was their demons. It were my demons. They're my own demons because I named them needing to be exceptional, you know, needing to prove myself, feeling lack, feeling like I did not have enough, feeling like I wasn't enough, not feeling secure. Even though we say that um, there's a proverb or something like that that says the child is the best of their parents they're the next version but the child also takes if the parent hasn't worked through excuse me it's coming up mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah if the parent hasn't worked through their trauma and clearing it then the child will have to do it right you know and so they were a reflection say that again If the parent hasn't worked through their trauma, then the child will have to do it, you know? Um, And so you pass it on and that's how you live through your children. That's how your children are you, you know? Um, And so even though they saw me as the best, as the best in this hero, and that's how I wanted to see myself, I was brought down to be the least you know, because they felt like the least. I was brought down to to reflect back to them themselves and to transmute and to work through that. And so over a period of nine years, and I can't say that it was just for nine years, I'm still doing the work, you know, I'm still doing the work, but. So when would you put a stop to the nine years? Like when you say nine years, like how long ago was that? Oh, was nine years. 2012? I, I am only saying nine years is because that was the end of my marriage. Nice. <laughs> so that was, that was um, this past year in 20, 2021, July, 2021. That's the initiation that, that my former husband helped me go through. He helped me you know, he, you know, we divorced because of some other reasons, like his role was done in my life in that capacity. Um, But he was, he was an emotional, um, 
was he was emotional how do you say that I was able to lean on him emotionally we were able to lean on each other emotionally as I was working through this trauma and with him I also is in the in the relationship did a lot of hologram work and worked through my issues with codependency you know um, because yes, I said he was an emotional lean and we leaned on each other emotionally as we were working through the depths of hell. That's where we were. We were in hell. And, and you know, and then as I continued to do the spiritual work, I grew stronger and more secure and things like that. And I was able to see what I needed in him and what I didn't need in him. And that's the thing with our relationship. So we're not just a lot of times we get into a relationship not to just be perfect and lovey-dovey. No, we both get to reflect each other to each other, you know, and, and help each other work through, you know, our different places that we need to go to heal and upgrade. I think that's um, a big piece that people don't, we don't learn that in our mm-hmm. culture. Yeah, we All don't. we see are the movies. Right? Yeah, yeah, those programs have us living in illusions, you know, they really do. They really and then when they, when that finally falls and crashes and burns mm-hmm. jesus christ like what you're talking about is kind of yeah. that you know the, mm-hmm. the illusion uh, mm-hmm. dies yes it does and that's what's happening that's what's happening and people are now exploring new ways of marriage new ways of relationships and and things like that and you know i i've been like i haven't physically been able to because <laughs> I've like focused on myself so much now but I've also like been learning about these different ways of existing and that we have existed as a people you know it's just and in turn you like learn about yourself at the same time you know as you're trying to free yourself from these social constructs um, that you've been conditioned to have um, but yeah so 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 yeah so in all of that um, I started um, my business transformative rose in 2020 actually um and you know because i part of um the career world that i had experienced was um in the social um the uh the social work you can say um world um and and saw the need for transformation within it but i also have an mba um and saw the need for transformation in the way that we do business um, and so it was, I didn't know that's what I was doing. I, I didn't know that COVID was going to hit when I went and got my MBA and spirit naturally put me in the social work world where all the problems of the world manifested, you know, I didn't know that what was going to happen is that people were going to be leaving their jobs because we, we needed social work. We needed mental health healing, you know, we needed to transform, you know, and so, so yeah, that's, that's a snippet of, of my, my story. Mm-hmm. So doing these podcasts is, I'm, I'm recognizing <laughs> the, um, one of the challenges is, it's, for me, at least not yet, it's mm-hmm. not the same as having a conversation one-on-one, right, mm-hmm. because I'm thinking mm-hmm. of what I want to know, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then what the listeners want to know yeah of course. is that the yeah. same thing right yeah. so like mm-hmm. where I just want to dive into some stuff mm-hmm. I don't know if that's only me or like is it going to be beneficial you know so like I'm <laughs> as you're talking I'm like oh my god yes let's talk about that let's think about that yeah 
Um, let's just see what lands here, because again, there was there's so much on that. I feel. Um, thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how it feels in in your body right now, but sharing a story. Uh, you know of of hardships of growing up can mm -hmm. feel really vulnerable and can feel uh, not safe. Mm -hmm. um, so I really appreciate you taking us there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, although there are going to be, you know, differences, I feel this thread of, of similarity mm -hmm. with so many stories that I hear, which is my culture taught me to to be this way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was taught and I'm holding on to the pain of my ancestors mm -hmm. certain things are good certain things are bad mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I'm gonna be what I think you want me to be yeah, yeah and then inevitably like the human body and the soul can't take that anymore yeah yeah um, and I feel like what I see, I mean, it took me going through that to then see it in other people, mm -hmm. you know, which, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now it's all I see is, oh, no, you're not like, you're not fucking up. Mm -hmm. you're, you're being given a gift of looking through life with a different pair of glasses. Yes, yes. yes. And I didn't hear that when I was going through my transition, like, you know, continue, mm -hmm. like it's constant. Yeah. So I yeah. feel it's so beneficial for other people listening mm -hmm. who feel a, a similar thread in I was told to be this way. I mm -hmm. had all these masks mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they just don't feel me. And I go home and I cry too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I want out. Yeah. But what I am told is that that's bad and that's wrong and that you shouldn't want out because there shouldn't be change. You always stay the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're a horrible person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, when I, and, and it's, you can't say it's I'm human and I still get challenged every day because you have this paradigm. It's, it's so easy to get sucked into it because it's there. And that's the only thing, you know, that's what you were conditioned into. Everything you seem to open is telling you this is the way to be. And the challenge is to trust yourself. There's not, there's not a lot of things telling you to trust yourself, <laughs> you know, um, and saying trust everything else. This is the model, you know, and you're trained to look for a model. You're trained to go into school and say, these are the majors and you pick from these. You don't get to create what you think is, is right for you. You know, you pick from these. And then when you graduate school, you're saying, these are the positions available for you. You're not really trained to create something, you know, and, and especially that's even more for people of color because I, and, and immigrants is I wasn't, you know, I was told school, I wasn't trained to create a business that was never an option. Like I never knew and people that maybe grew up with people that had an idea or a spark, you know, and was like, I can create this and this. I didn't feel that in my lineage. And it's not that it didn't exist because we have existed for many, many years, you know, but in my closer lineage to this year, I didn't, I didn't know where to see that, you know? And it was actually there in different glimpses and things like that. 
But we were so taught, especially when you're in a survival mode, as immigrant, you are very much in survival mode. And as a person of color, you're very much in survival mode a lot, you know? And, 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 and it's not only immigrants, but all people want to thrive, want to survive, want to live. And so people are like, okay, this is how I make it. This is how I stay safe in the world is I follow these rules that are given to me. And so, so yeah, it's, it's exactly what, what you're saying is, is that we have been trained so much to not trust ourselves, you know, um, and, 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 and give ourselves permission to be. And, and, and I want to, to say is when I start to feel those temptations, because you will, it's not that going into this is going to be easy. You're going to be tempted, you know, and sometimes you get tempted so that you can learn again <laughs> to come back. It's, 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 that's called transitioning. You know, that's, it's, that's how evolving works. You know, um, I remember I tell myself, I want to be sovereign. I deserve to be sovereign. I deserve to be my full self. Don't I deserve it. Why does that deserve me more than me. Why is this programming or society or whatever this person thinks of me or those people, why are they more important to me than myself? You know, why should I give them my freedom? You know, shouldn't I be free to be me? And so I keep you know, that's, that's what I always tell myself when I get tempted and I get scared because it, it can be scary to feel like you might be the only one to think this way. And what you, when you do find the courage to be yourself, what you actually begin to realize is that people were waiting for you. People were waiting for permission to be themselves. You are a breath of fresh air to them. You know, and so it, it changed your perspective when you begin to actually realize that, no, the world actually wants me to be free because the world is trying to free itself, you know? So, yes. <laughs> what, what, what's, your, um, what's your answer to that, to that question you were posing of why, you just said it, something like why are something like why is what other people think of me more important than what I think of myself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah right. and I mean that's that's what we have if the younger been, self were to ask you that what would you say if my my younger self were to ask me that why are people what other people you know think more important than me it's not <laughs> you know I mean that's what I when that's when you go into your younger self you're essentially doing childhood regression but what your your question is important because you are basically telling your asking your younger self why did you believe that you know what were those things that made you believe that and when you can pinpoint those areas those are the areas that you need to go into those are the areas that you need to evolve, you know? And so if this is playing with time, you know, when you go back in time into the younger self, because time is time, but time is an illusion as well, because you are both young and old in the future and the past, all in one present moment. 
you know so you go go back in time and you go to young Rosie you know um and you say Rosie what why did you believe that those things were more important you know and young Rosie is saying that it's because I didn't feel worthy you know I didn't feel like I felt like something was wrong with me you know and then you ask young Rosie okay so why did you feel something was wrong with you you know what made you feel that and you start to work through the perceptions and the projections in your family that were thrown upon you since a baby because they were incomplete mm-hmm. they had projections thrown upon them mm-hmm. and then they saw you and then you know they expressed those projections upon you and you took them in mm-hmm. and feeling like you were incomplete and felt that there must be something out there that is better than you, you know? And you must learn from what is out there because naturally there's something wrong with you and you need to fix it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that is that is why, that is why young Rosie acted the way that Rosie did. And that is the, back into the present now, that is, that is where you need to go, each of us individually. And when we do that childhood regression, going back into the family, and then we look into, and so that we don't get stuck in the past, we bring it back into the present. And we say, where am I repeating these same things in my life? Who are playing those same roles in my life? You know, and right, where- They will repeat they will repeat and where am i because those people are you like i said essentially like your parents are you you know and the energy just doesn't disappear until you work through it it doesn't disappear you will project it in a different way you know and so where have i projected that feeling of unworthiness or made have made some un, someone else to feel unworthy you know it can be in the illusion of worthiness, you know, um, or heroism and stuff like that. For example, like our pastors can be some of the most judgmental and spirit breaking people. Don't I know that? Yes, yes. And I'm a pastor's kid. And so I constantly in this work where I, you know, where I am helping other people, I have to check myself to make sure that I'm not passing on those pastoral demons of judgment you know of of uh i'm the best you know and and you can love yourself and think that you're great you know but you check these different areas in your life as as you do the work because that is the many of the roles that we have played have been distorted you know and so as you heal you take down layers and, and things like that so I hope that answers your question. <laughs> oh, yeah. And even if it didn't, like, I just love mm-hmm. letting it go. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking, what I'm thinking of and what I'm hearing is a lot about um, the shamanism world. So I've been learning a bit about that. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea, like, in Western psychology of the um, core beliefs. Mm-hmm. I am, it's about ourselves and about the world. So I am unlovable. Mm-hmm. I am ugly. I am untrustworthy. I'm bad. 
Mm -hmm. right? I'm not smart. And then the world is unsafe. Everybody's stupid. People are not to be trusted. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And in shamanism, this is called the dark law. Mm -hmm. And these are things that are carried down. Um, This is ancestral trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also this idea of um, shadow and mirror work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is what I'm hearing you um, Mm -hmm. describe. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, it is shadow and the hologram work. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What I would love to touch on next is taking us through this uh, world of getting your MBA. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, where did you, where did you graduate from, by the way? So for my MBA, I graduated from Osberg. Yeah. So like white kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Osberg is not even that bad compared to where I graduated from my bachelor's, which was ah, Bethel. Bethel University. Uh, oh, I went there for preschool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I lived right by Bethel for my entire oh, life. So you know. <laughs> that is, I do know. Yes. It's like the epitome of whiteness. Over there. For sure. Yes. That's where I come from. Okay. <laughs> I see why we attracted each other, Bethel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so say more. Maybe, you know, what feels like could be shared there, maybe about Bethel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the MBA and then, and then what I was getting to there was, um, this beautiful piece on, again, your website, you talk about, I have an MBA master's in business. What does that stand for? Um, master's in business ad- administration, administration. There we go. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but I feel, I also have a master's in body awareness, yes, master's yes. in business awareness and birthright awareness and soul yes. awareness. Yes, yes. Yeah. Talk yes. a little bit about what feels yeah and that's that's our i think that is the scam (laughs) of education yes Yes, that's a scam of education because we are not told that we're actually in a school we come here and we are birthed into a school and we are just taught to live in the soul powers of, of you know control and i'm not speaking against any powers or whatever but control you know um, we are just taught to basically be mice on a, on a treadmill, really, you know, everybody do the same thing. Everybody do the same thing. So that Don't they're from the path. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, and so the, the scam of education is that it's not holistic at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really indoctrination and it's not that to say having, what I say head knowledge in a way in terms of uh, just knowledge isn't important because knowledge and learning about history, learning about these different things is important and it can activate something within you, but it, it's the experience um, that is, 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 is the education, you know, it's not indoctrination. Um, and, and we have been taught there's only one way to learn, um, you know, and, and now, you know, our world is birthing children that are challenging the world and these systems, like, you know, children that are indigo children or what they say, autistic children, you know, that are saying like, no, you guys got to teach us a little bit differently, you know? Um, yes. And, um, but it's, it's that journey that I just took you on you know, from being here or even birth 
that you basically listened to me show you how life and spirit was preparing me for the role that I'm in today. And even the role that I'm in today is preparing me for the role that I'll be in tomorrow, you know, or the next day or the next people that I meet, you know, and in the work that is done and the lessons that is done and the people that I attract to me are all here to play a role in my own school, you know, and they're playing, I play a role in their own school, you know, and so we're here to master our own inner schools you know, and we have not been taught that at all. We have taught that this is school and it's not, you know, it, if it's school, it's 5%, you know, of what school is. And I remember speaking to um, a lady um, from Haiti who does a lot of lectures. Um, her name is Vaina Belo. She does a lot of lectures on Haitian history and Lois and Vaudun, and I speaking to her, and she was saying that before you could look at a child and you examined the child and you said, this child is a scientist. You watch how the child moved and you watch how the child, do you watch what the child was attracted to? And you said, this is a scientist. And you saw this child as a lawyer and, and or this child, and, and that's one aspect, of course, that child could be an infinite number of things, but you saw what the child naturally did and naturally moved. And I'm not saying that doesn't exist, but I know from my society because of survival, you know, we go and we say, we have to go into the medical field. We have to become a lawyer. And it, did it really interest us? No, it's just that we're looking at we're looking at the money. We're saying, how can I survive in this world? And that is 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 um, a result for me and my generation, at least for my people. It's coming from what they call the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, of having survived the tragedies of poverty. You come and you approach education in this survivalist mentality. And I'm sure that is true for a lot of people looking at education and saying that. And now, so me, when I went and got my education, I decided to actually follow my heart. My father actually encouraged me to do that, but I suffered, you know, because when I graduated, I could not find a job. And the jobs that were paying me paid me so little, you know? And these were, you know, what I was doing is what we actually need to be investing in the most is, is people work, transformational work. At that time, working with youth that were in trouble and, and had experienced the worst things in life and, and things like that, you know? But our society sort of sees it like, okay, the problem, just let's throw money at it and we'll keep going, keep, keep the mill going and throw money at that and maybe it'll go away, you know? Like we don't approach it the right way, you know? And so that is, you know, there definitely needs to be a lot of reform in, in education, um, I have to say, because it is not holistic. You know, you begin to be education, educated from the moment that you got here, you know, and then in lifetimes before you probably were preparing for your education in this lifetime, you know, um, but, we, we, we don't think interdimensionally, 
you know, and because we can't think interdimensionally, we are not even able to deal with the dimensions of, in our current reality, you know? Um, and, you know, but the MBA, um, when I was going for the MBA, it was because I was working um, with um, young mothers, um, teenage mothers that had been pregnant um, at a young age, and they were actually a reflection of me. They, they became pregnant because of their need for love, of needing to feel worthy. They came from broken families like me. Like my family was, had the illusion of, of having a mom and a dad, but it was broken. You know, it was broken. You know, all these, all these generational things that we had to work through and that we're projecting on each other. We're giving the illusion that we're whole and having pride in that, but we were broken. And so they were coming from broken families that also probably broke their spirits as well. And, um, and coming into this program that we did what we could for them, but we were overwhelmed. There was not enough and there was not even enough to survive, to support us. We're coming from broken families, you know, and there was no system to help us work through it so that we could also, you know, give you know, back, you know, there was no equal reciprocity, you know, because this is an exchange and, and that's a whole nother subject on the in equal unequal way that we approach service and that's one of the things that i do within um, my business is to challenge people to approach service more in a empowerment holographic way because just because those are the people that you serve doesn't mean that you are not learning from them and doesn't mean that they don't have a place to play in your life and doesn't mean that you won't be triggered by them because every single person, your clients, anybody has a role to play in your life, you know? Um, and so we were overwhelmed. Our, our staff was triggered because these girls, they were not easy. You know, we want to paint like doing service work, like we're going to go help the poor people, you know, like this illusion that we... <laughs> we're gonna go be heroes and they're going to love us for us who is it really about then <laughs> you know um and 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 you know and a lot of people are actually experiencing this because these young kids out here have beaten up youth uh beaten up their staff and it's crazy i you know i went to saint joe's and got punched in the stomach you know like it's not it's it's a problem it's a mess you know, and they're just showing us this is the mess that we have created as a society. They're just telling us the truth. We cannot demonize anybody because we're all responsible. That is the African spirit of Ubuntu. Ubuntu says that we are all one. When one isn't okay, the all isn't. And we have forgotten that, that interconnectedness of that, you know, we want to separate. No, we are all one. So you're gonna go into the inner city and work with these youth and think you're gonna be a hero. You are not. They're going to show you what has been created, what these systems, what has created, what you, your ancestors may have done, what their ancestors couldn't do. You know, like <laughs> all, you're going to find a mess. And I found a hell of a mess and I was, wow, I was shocked. Because although I grew up in this Haitian immigrant home, my parents shielded me from a lot of realities. You know, I was very, 
a strict upbringing, school, church, and home. You know, my parents shielded me from so much and I was just in shock. I was like, why is this like this? Why does this exist? And I went through a period of really working through that. And so when I went for my MBA, I was so overwhelmed with the work and I loved the girls, but I was exhausted. It was hard work. The girls were challenging, you know, because they had dealt with challenging realities, you know, and, and our programs are, are giving relief you know, they're trying their best, but they're not, they're not, there's not enough structure there, you know, and, and funding to really give these youth what they need. And so out of 10, sometimes maybe two will down the line will actually make it and maybe have a hero story. And that's not okay. We can't continue like that. If we have 10, we have to be wishing that all 10 can make it and have a transformational story you know? And so I went for my MBA because I said, it's not, I looked at my future and I said, I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. And I want to find a real solution. And at that time, it, what I was hearing was economic, we need to find uh, economic solutions. And so me not really understanding the business world and stuff like that. And so I worked through myself because I said, let me get an economically secure and understand how business works and stuff like that. And so that's why I went through my MBA because I really wanted to understand how can I find economic solutions for, for the, my people, for, for, the, for the people that I care about for, you know, because this cannot continue, you know, it, poverty really creates trauma, you know? Um, and so I went for my MBA and, um, and that reminds me of, I have a picture of Dr. Martin Luther King here and he looked right at me. <laughs> I, I just turned around and he looked right at me. Um, but before Dr. King died, because he, he was, is his journey is, is, is my journey. He was believing like, let's, let's serve the people. Let's come together. Let's, you know. And in the end, he realized that it was economic. It was an economic problem, you know? Um, and so he started to work, a, I think he had um, a march. It is it's called like the poverty march or something like that. And right when he started to do that and started to even come together with Malcolm X, that's when he was assassinated, you know? And so at that point, um, I was saying it's an economic, it's a, we need to change, we need, we need to, to have economic power because we don't, you know, as long as we are in this place of trauma and we won't be, if you don't feel secure and your basic needs aren't, aren't met, you won't be able to evolve. That's my Maslow's hierarchy of laws, right? You need that first pillar within the pyramid. And yeah, his first mm -hmm. pillar is actually, um, I talk about this a lot with my clients. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. is his first pillar? Maslow's hierarchy of needs I, it's not safety which mm -hmm. is why i'm always like you guys heard of that pillar of needs mm -hmm. it needs to be changed around probably yeah uh food mm -hmm. no, i'm just quickly googling this mm -hmm. yeah i think it's water sleep food yeah safety is second mm, but that those things create safety don't exactly. they? Uh, they can, yes yes, yes. 
So, yep, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you were dealing with people of color, especially not having the things that create safety. Mm. You know, we are dealing in Minnesota with an epidemic of homelessness. You know, in the world, when you examine the world by color, the poorest countries are black. And then the shades get lighter as they go up and the shades get lighter with economic stability as well, you know? And so you realize that there is this economic imbalance to keep people controlled by keeping them poor and always in need, you know? And so that was the first thing that I said, you know, I said, we need to find an economic solution, you know? And so I went for my MBA. Now, looking back at it, I'm, I'm still grateful for it, you know? Um, I, I, I think I had, I, if I were to say um, the classes that changed my life or that maybe had the biggest impact were two classes, you know? Um, but what the issue with the MBA is it's mirroring the same system. It's, it was preparing me for perhaps an executive management job in a corporate world um, it wasn't really teaching me the principles to thrive in this world or to create something new. It was teaching me how to respond as maybe a corporate manager, you know, but not trans, it's not, wasn't teaching me how to transform the corporate world or even teach me how to, um, wasn't teach or how to even have what the corporate world where for where the corporate world to transform the the societal world you know and so I had one teacher that sort of kind of got it and he was a teacher that actually went and studied and lived in China for a long time and he was a white teacher and so he experienced being the other in China and he picked up like Confucianist um, ideals and stuff like that, you know? And so he had just started, I think, um, when I began and when I was about to leave, he was fired, (laughs) but it was just the timing of everything. The timing was just perfect. I was supposed to have him because that's what I, I came in there for. You know, he gave us, he showed us the different perspectives. Like one of the first, the first class I had was with him. He had us in a circle, you know, instead of the traditional, I'm the teacher, yeah. you're the student. No, he put us in a circle, you know, where we each were sharing. And there were students that struggled with that because they only knew one way, you know. <laughs> but that, but, I but can that, imagine. Yeah, but that was an example of how we start to challenge our systems. Now, is there value in the teacher here and the students there? I don't think there's value in that, but it's how do we merge and integrate both, you know? And that's what we're really trying to learn as a society is how to merge and integrate both. And actually, I I was actually in my journal, I was journaling about this, you know, it's the merge of the fire and the water. It's the merge of Yin and yang, yes, the negative and the positive, because what has happened is that one of the rules of war 
uh, military war is divide and conquer. And for war, now I'm telling you war secrets. <laughs> but I was like, when I was getting these downloads, I was like, oh my God, let me not say anything because I'm telling their war secrets. <laughs> but for, uh, it's probably nothing, but for military war, what happens is that we don't understand is that before um, war is even um, declared or started, we give energetic permission as a people. And so that is the, um, that is the uh, manipulation of the media. You know, it's like one of the, I was reading the, the military war tactics and one of them is to- This is a book? No, I was just online. I was reading military war oh, tactics. Okay, yeah, yeah, just Google it. Okay. Yeah, and um, is to make your people think those people are bad, you know, is to paint a bad picture of them. And so on an energetic level, you are backing your people in an energetic way, you know. But the thing is, all the um, all this exists within you too. You know, it exists within you too. So the spirit of divide and conquer, I forgot where I was going with this, is spirit is is a huge demon in our society because that is how they're able to, not they, but this is how we're able to be controlled as a society is through divide and conquer. You know, um, and so, you know, the, our white folks are all the way here, there, and our Asian folks are there, and these folks are here, and those folks are there, and we all think differently from each other, and we think this person is bad, and we think this, and we are unable to come together. You know, the power lies when we're able to come together you know, but divide and conquer people, you're, if you're able to divide and conquer people, you are um, more able to control them, you know, and so I forgot where I was going with this, but yeah, so I wanted to, was the MBA, do you remember, <laughs> what was your question? No, I, 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 I also just kind of get mm -hmm. caught in the flow. Um, yes, yeah. Was, like the, the initial question was, you know, talking about the MBA mm -hmm. and what it was like, you know, to get that mm -hmm. and then transform over to, you know, claiming mm -hmm. I also have a master's in body awareness, business awareness, mm -hmm. the, the war tactics. I think that mm -hmm. I don't, oh, teachers, your, your teacher. Your white uh -huh. teacher having a circle instead of the rows and how it's difficult for some students to go in a circle. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. There was something that I wanted to share with that though, you know, with, with us expressing those those tactics and and, mm. and going to war with ourselves first, mm. you know. Um huh, and I, I'm not pinning it. Let me just close my eyes for a second and see yes. spirit and permission to bring it go back inward up. and think. Yes. I'm trying to see the symbols and the people that, because as I tell the story, I remember the place and the time. And one person. But maybe that's what you need to know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, but yeah, but it is it is through the spirit of, of division, um, through 
through divide and conquer, through not being able to understand the other, that um, we we are so polarized. I think that's where I wanted to go is, is the polarization that has occurred between us um, as a society. Um, and the polarization is first reflected within us first, you know? Um, yes, and with the MBA, um, it's, um, I've had to go back and look at, you know, the different things that I learned and say, how do I merge that with my transformational work, you know, because what I want to say I'm creating, I need to merge it with my reality first, merge my experiences, merge this stark um, difference between the social work world and, and the business world. How do we come together? You know, how do we bring them together? That is um, the motto on the Haitian flag is l'union fait la force. And that is in unity, we are strong, you know? Um, and so we, our job is to look at the different experiences within us, because you probably have some pole shifts as well. And we are a reflection of the earth. Right now, the earth is actually working through its polar shifts, its polars, its, its North Pole, South Pole, and whatever, you know? And so you look at those different polarizations and it doesn't have to be you know black white yet you know but it can be you know because that's the ref that's what the reflection is telling us you know but where has life taken you that you know what are the stark differences you know in your life um who are your heroes who are your devils you know because they're they're both you you know who are your demons, who are your angels? And you work through them to find balance within them both and make them one. And that's how you become a balanced person, you know, and be, be more closer to your authentic self. And then in that, in balance of the scales of, of the, between the heart and the feather, like Ma'at from Egypt says is, before you transition to another stage in life, you must pass the balance and the scales. We learn from the Book of the Dead, um, I don't know if it's the Book of the Dead, but from you know the ways of Egypt, uh, and we're still learning because we're just now really getting to the truth of these things, um, that in death, there's Anubis, and Anubis weighs the heart and the, and, and the feather and the heart must be light as a feather, you know, to graduate to the next point in life. And so what we are doing as a society, what we are being challenged to do is to, is to graduate out of this that we have created, you know, out of this, let's graduate to what we're saying the new world is, you know, or the golden age. But to do that, you have to work with the heart which is essentially working with the soul, because I believe that the heart is the portal to the soul, you know, but the heart is also the earth, you know, because if you scramble the words, like I said on my website, mm, you, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> you get earth, 
you know, this is a heart school. And so we have to see where we have denied our hearts, you know, and in turn of denying our hearts, we have denied our souls. And unfortunately, to do that, it is uncomfortable because it calls for expansion. And to expand, a lot of times you have to crack open. (laughs) Yeah, you have to crack open. Rebecca Campbell, I love her decks. She has a card that says crack open. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I can see the card now and I'm like, ooh. Yeah, it's actually a really great card, actually. All her cards are so beautiful. You don't like feel any type of fear or anything with her cards. I have my great Vodun card, though. He's like freaking me the hell out. But like her cards are like very sweet. (laughs) I have a similar situation at my house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh, fuck, deck. Right? Yeah. Like, this is just fine and things will be just okay. That's yeah deck. <laughs> yeah but you need both though you need uh, yeah, that I other, that, right. yeah because if you go too light and too cute you go miss you go miss your mark you know mm-hmm. um but yes like yeah so it takes a cracking open and what's happening is that the world is about to if not already face its insanity because we have been living to live in this amount where this amount of suffering exists you must have to live in an insanity, you know? Dr. Sebi, um, who's a doctor, he has passed, um, much respect to him, Um, but he was able to heal so many ailments that have been said to be impossible, like AIDS um, and and other cancer um, through- What kind of doctor was- Dr. Sebi. His name is, you can look him up, his Dr. Sebi. In my head, I call him the alkaline water because he encourages people to drink alkaline oh, water. Okay. But he said, um, a world that, ah, the quotes. It's Google like, it. yes, I'm Google it. I keep it, my computer close by when I do these podcasts. I know. I have to. Too, because, yes, because that's what it's here for, though. Like, we are taught that we need to, like, have all the information inside. Yeah. No, we have tools to help us, you know? Yeah. One of um, my teachers says a lot, like, this isn't a TED Talk when she does certain things. <laughs> right? Yeah. Some days it might be. This is not. No. Yeah. But that's the thing with feeling and stuff like that. Some things might come up. Some things maybe look a little cloudy and you just got to allow yourself to be. You don't got to be perfect, you know? Yeah. Silence. Dr. Sebi. Okay. Let's see. Images. Okay. Here we go. A society, a society that keeps cures a secret. So they can continue to sell medication for huge profits is not a real society, but a huge mental asylum. <laughs> and I, sure. and I believe that, you know, because, you know, there, he had the cure to cancer, you know, he had the cure and he had to go to court, you know, to, um, prove and have patience behind them because people were going after him for having these things and, like if these cures exist, why, why are we still struggling with these things? You know what I mean? And I'm sure he wasn't the only one to actually. Yeah, like as you're talking, I'm thinking of all these cultures mm-hmm. that exist. That yeah, we're over here in the West going. I don't, I don't think we can ever get rid of this. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
there's cultures yeah there's cultures that have dealt with this for thousands of years exactly so what is what is this really then when you when you realize that then like what is this really about then do 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 they want us to stay sick (laughs) you know like is what is the benefit of this you know you start to ask yourself these questions you know and and they don't want like sometimes people that want to maintain this power don't want you to go there you know but to free yourself you have to be able to challenge yourself to go there you know um and that's the beauty of, of you signed up to come here is to say i think you maybe probably if you imagined yourself as a soul probably your soul bedded in your favor you know maybe your soul said i think i'll want freedom enough you know to be able to challenge this you know because you did sign up to come here and and it will challenge you back you know and and you have to be able to build that strong foundation it's not that you won't be scared at first and draw back a little bit but you know you have to hang on to i deserve to be free i deserve to be free you know i deserve to live in liberation i deserve to live as my whole self yeah so but yeah so we're all sort of waking up to our own inner insanity that has existed you know within us because if you have a country like haiti where i come from and we're talking about the spirit of ubuntu that lives in such dire poverty you know i went there and saw people living in conditions that should be illegal illegal we should be looking at the world and saying this should be illegal this is crime against spirit against soul against humanity these are world crimes you know, and then wars that have created conditions across the world of chaos, you know, and then in our own country, you know, we have neighborhoods that are suffering, you know, um, in self-destructive cycles that were purposely implemented on them if you read government files yeah you know and people living in a utopia like everything is okay well over there everything is not it has to be insanity it has to be there's no other solution (laughs) and so now we're we're beginning to face it which is hope in a way that we each take responsibility for working through our own selves, knowing that I myself am a reflection of the whole. So if I take responsibility for me, I am thus helping the whole, then we can get there. Mm-hmm. So we've uh, come at time, mm-hmm. about an hour and a half. Um, we can talk offline and I, I feel like this is a conversation that could continue if, mm-hmm. if you would be willing to come back on. Uh, there are so many things I want to ask you more about. Um, yeah. I'm really curious to hear your relationship with your ancestors and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you work with your ancestral trauma, um, mm-hmm. 
voodoo tell me the 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 actual word voodoo and people use voodoo now like Okay. My people have said voodoo because they're like, okay, what well, you turned into something scary, we'll just embrace it, you know? Sure, it's yes. music, but yes, yeah. Uh, I would love to hear more about that. And then all these questions on my list that we didn't get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, so. Uh, so um, as we wrap up, um, because this is the first time that my listeners are hearing you, mm -hmm. um, if they're feeling a draw towards you and they want to know how they can find you, how mm -hmm. they can work with you, Mm -hmm. What are um, what are the best ways? And I'll also list these things in the show notes. Okay, for sure. So, okay, so I offer two different things. Well, I offer a multitude of services. Um, so if you have a business or you are an organization um, that wants a workshop or consulting, um, I do specialize in helping organizations create systems through working with your own inner system first to create systems of transformation. Um, and so if you're ready to do that work, that is work that I offer. And then if you are just like, I want to work individually and begin to transform myself through transforming my outer work world through working with my inner world, I also do individual work, um, world uh, work as well, which will always draw into your career or your business or wherever you're at in life. Um, and so on my website, um, www.transformativerose.com. Um, there is a contact form that you can fill out. Um, and then also um, you can email me at Roseland, um, not Roseland, my bad, um, transformativerosebusiness at gmail.com. And then if you, you know, have, uh, I do workshops as well, um, holistic racial equity, um, really bringing it back into the body, really um, trying to find holistic ways to talk about racial equity. Um, I do um, workshops and keynote speeches as well. So that's it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Uh, it's been an honor to have you on. I'm yes. glad that I caught a glimpse of you a few years ago on Well Connected. <laughs> Listen yes. to you just chatting and taking away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I look forward to more conversations. Me too, Rachel. I'm honored. I always like, I, I need platforms to speak because I love being able to express myself back. And so thank you so much for the opportunity of having me and giving me a platform to, to express myself. I appreciate yeah, it. My pleasure. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see All you right. next time. All right. Thank you, Rachel. And thank you, everybody. <laughs>Thanks for joining. Check out the show notes for more information on this episode. This podcast is currently available on Spotify and Anchor. To find out more about me and to work with me, head to my website, acupuncturewithrachel.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, rachel underscore k underscore healing underscore arts. For questions and ideas for future episodes, email me at acupuncturewithrachel at gmail.com. Looking forward to seeing you next time.